Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Strength in the Numbers. Our guest mentor today is Marco Singh, who's a commercial finance and business partnering leader with loads of experience working in global companies across payments, fintech, financial services and manufacturing industries. Now Marco originally trained as an engineer before finding his way into finance and then later on commercial finance and along that journey Marco has picked up some amazing bits of advice that he deconstructs on the show for us. Uh, Some of the main areas we cover are why storytelling is important and Marco breaks out his recommendations on how we can do it more effectively to better manage stakeholders. Also, Marco goes into some of his top rules when it comes to managing stakeholders and our line managers and also shares some stories where he's done that as well. And also, towards the end of the show, Marco leaves us with some parting thoughts about improving our digital IQ. I think it's very relevant for us to do so if we're going to continue to be influential in these times of digital disruption. So look, Marco's got some very good sayings, and I've trapped those best I can in the quotes, along with the other resources mentioned throughout the show. And you can find those in our show notes at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 066. So without further ado... Over to Marco and the show. So, Marco, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me, Andrew. Marco, for some of our audience who may be not as familiar with your background, would you mind sort of taking us through your journey in accounting and finance? Yeah, sure. I think you can safely say I've taken the, the scenic route to my, to my current role. I started out in, uh, in engineering my first roles were in product development and, and lean manufacturing, and, th- and that was a lot of fun. Um, but I, I came to a point where I decided I wanted something a bit more commercial and something something different. So um, I took an MBA at uh, at Warwick, and that helped me transition out of engineering and into financial services, and then out of manufacturing and into a more um, financial focus. And so. Uh, when I was in financial services with the Prudential and Visa, that's where I got my accounting qualification. And that's where I moved more into commercial finance. And being in payments for such a long time, that's what led me to my current role at World Remit. And Marco, that, that move from engineering to f- finance, we had other guest mentors on the show who've done it. For you, Like, what was sort of the biggest challenge for you moving from engineering to say more of a commercial role? Well, well actually, it's interesting because, I, because the move wasn't from engineering to a more commercial role. It was almost a, a, a multiple step process. It was from engineering to finance, which was more um, reporting, and then from reporting to, to, to Got it. commercial. So the biggest challenge actually was in moving over to finance, um, the challenge was the urge to be very commercial and almost getting ahead of the numbers whereas the first and foremost thing you had to do was to get the month end right get the numbers right believe the numbers nail those down and then move from there and that was something that that was it was it was a change when i when i moved 
Yeah, definitely. I, I, I have to hold my hand up. I feel guilty sometimes, particularly when, when moving roles. I, the commercial person inside me wants to get out too quickly, but first things first is to get the, the basic finance processes right, start establishing trust, and then you can maybe start getting a bit more commercial with the, with the business. Just on that one, Marco, you sort of mentioned your area is product development and lean manufacturing. Have you felt you've been able to transfer any of that sort of prior experience into your, your current work? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Certainly the, um, the the lean manufacturing, that's where I did my degree. And, and I think, I mean, e- even today, e- even today, um, those those concepts of looking for efficiencies, looking to be looking to be more effective and more efficient and, and breaking component parts uh, and analyzing them and then putting them back together. Um, that, that's still relevant today as it was 20 years ago. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. There's a lot of pressure on us at the moment to do that. And I suppose in terms of at the moment, what, what's exciting you most about your current work? I, I think certainly, I mean, I, I've worked at the low-tech brass fittings business and the high-tech payments business and you know the, the excitement is still the same across those twenty years, if I'm honest, and that's the the, the commercial decision making part. Um, not, you know, obviously, today you've got the digital space, you've got lots of opportunities to use technology, you know, improve old processes, de- develop new ones, uh, but you've got the you've got the same old constraints, right? You still got uncertainty, you still don't have mm-hmm. enough resource, and you certainly don't have enough time. So, so the the excitement really is applying. So in my case, my expertise, which is commercial finance and, and partnering with the business and, and, and applying that to, to, to the new world, to the new digital world. Actually, so that that's great because I know some of our audience have been asking about commercial finance. So it would be really great if you could maybe break some of that down for us in terms of or maybe even deconstruct. How can we improve our commercial finance decision making support to the business? Have you got some sort of steps or some ways we can break that down for our audience? I'm not sure I've got a, a set of steps, but I guess I've got a um, almost like, a, I wouldn't say a golden rule, but something I do come back to time and time again. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's about storytelling. So, so there's a, a guy called Robert McKee, he's a professor at, um, or was a professor at University of Southern California. And, he's, and he talks about storytelling is the most powerful way to put you know, ideas in the world and to connect people. And mm-hmm. I think we're hardwired to listen and absorb stories and so something that, that that i would do and i'd always always recommend your listeners do is once you've got the numbers put as much put as much time as you did in, in getting those numbers to putting together a story make it interesting make sure you've got some short um strap lines that you can hang on to the to that story uh, and and then you know focus on the the delivery of that story so often I've seen people put lots of effort into the numbers um, and the insights just get lost because it's in a dense set of text or there's 15 to 20 KPIs all merged into one and it's just not interesting. You know, you list, you know your listeners, I'm sure, will have probably have come across that. that they're trying to <laughs> condense all that hard work and demonstrate how hard they've been working. Yeah, yeah. But you need just two or three messages. I think I I heard it from someone very recently. It's like, you know, clients or customers or business partners, they don't, okay, they may want to know how hard you work. Maybe, you know, just to give them a sense that you put a lot of effort in, but ultimately they want impact. They want to have, understand the essence of what's going on. And it's just such a shame. You know, a lot of folks in accounting and finance 
they've had some great training, great experiences, put a lot of effort in, you get the numbers right, and then it falls down at the last hurdle when it's trying to get the message over the line. I'm sort of trying to think, you know, I've got some stories in my own, my own career, but, but Marco, like, do you sort of have any good stories to share in terms of that could flesh that out some more for our audience in terms of a good or a bad example of, of storytelling? Well, well I mean, I, I do remember a lot of... Um analysis on some volumetric data on, on you know where the company was you know was doing well in selling certain items and where they were doing less well and and my team and I put a lot of work into it and then when it came to condensing you know the the, the analysis and, and and talking that through with my, with my boss it was quite soul destroying you know uh, you know you know, the, big, the big red line across, you know, you set oh. lines and you go, oh, that was a day's work. That was a half a day's work. But, but in the end, when I looked at it, it was actually quite impactful. And, and then just going back to your, your, one of your questions around, you know, um, key messages and, and breaking down commercial finance, I talked about storytelling. And the other one is managing your stakeholders. And in that same example I'm giving you, I, I remember... Um, presenting my, my, my results, to, you know, for the first time. And, you know, the, the reaction was quite mixed. And I realized later it's because for some people, I hadn't taken them through through the results beforehand and, and they reacted against it. And so, you know, next quarter when I did it, I made sure I pretty much man-marked th- those people. And it was exactly the same um, people with with similar messages, but the reaction was so different because I took the effort to to to, to grab them beforehand, ten minutes, go through the key summary, key key strap lines, make a few changes um, in terms of some syntax and what have you, and off you go. It's, it's one of those things that can so we can so easily take for granted when we do it all the time, but the first time we get that wrong, we we don't forget about it. So I think you've just helped our audience avoid some a major sort of how do you say that deflation moment when you expect a stakeholder to get your message present it and then they don't support it because you just or we just haven't taken the time beforehand to sort of sound them out and get their buy-in and it doesn't take that long as, as you just described marco so we can then go to the, to the meeting with their support and, and i definitely i definitely support that i mean i think stakeholders want to know that we've got their backs and we're not going to drop them in any surprises or they'd like to maybe maybe even feel a bit more important in terms of they know what we're going to present or what we're going to say or maybe even had some input in, in structuring it a little bit. And it doesn't take that long. Um, and, and I always wonder sometimes if when we're a bit newer, newer on this journey, earlier on this journey, whether or not we're a bit frightened or a bit fearful that, that they might criticize or, or say, no, I don't like what you're doing. Um, what have we really got to lose? I think I think the benefit is there at the end that we get people's support. I mean, I mean, what do you think, Marco? I wouldn't say rule number one, but one of the top rules is no surprises, and that's that, that's something that I think applies to every single boss I've ever worked for. N- no surprises, and then when you come to your stakeholders, it's the same for them. You don't they don't have to agree with you, and I think it is intimidating at you know early on in your career, but, but ultimately you're not going there to change your answer so that they agree. You, you know, you're, you're getting their input. Um, and even if they don't agree, if you've been courteous and as long as you, you, you're, 
you haven't been emotive about your conclusions because language is so important when you're applying to them applying you know conclusions to your numbers so if you're not emotive and th then it's very difficult for 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 for, for that to become a um you know a, a, a challenging situation really once you've taken the stakeholders through your conclusions and they're factual they're not emotive they don't really have that they don't really have anywhere to go right apart from you know i have a different view okay well that's fine let's have a conversation that's that's almost part of the job of commercial finance right have a conversation about the numbers that's that's i think you've encapsulated all commercial finance there in one sentence <laughs> it's it's conversations um plain and simple about the numbers uh, so 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 marco appreciate you still distilling the essence for us there um I suppose in terms of going forward, uh, looking forward for us accountants and finance professionals, obviously we touched on commercial finance there and a few sort of key or golden rules. You know, are there, are there any sort of other things we could look ahead, particularly in these sort of times of, of digital disruption and, and digital finance that we could perhaps look to even get better at so, so we have more relevance in our organisations? Yeah, so I suppose one of the things that... Um... I mean, you, you've touched on it really, and that's that's technology and systems, right? And and for me, maybe because of my background, but technology and systems are like yesterday's factories. You know, they they can't be changed easily. You know, they need lots of investment. And you can't plan for the future without understanding the limitations. So, so I'd always encourage everyone to you know, get close to your IT and, and your system, yeah. and, and, and and really be careful. Do, Certainly, in this day and age, you, there's, you, you, you could, there's almost a danger that you, you you love your technology and you should be careful about that because it won't love you back. <laughs> that's that's such a true expression. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never thought about it like that, but so so true. And I, look, I think you know, definitely, we we can give IT a very hard time, but but ultimately, I, I agree with you. We do need to be much closer to them. And I'd never thought about it, but but really, yeah, our, our technology, you know, we may love it, but it doesn't love us back. And I mean, how many of us really know the limitations of what it can do? Like, like really, really know. So, so that's that's very important. Um, I think very wise words. So, Marco, thank you for for sharing that. Um, I I think I I like to maybe um actually yeah before before we sort of go to some quick fire questions, I, I did notice you're doing some voluntary work with Vitaligo. Or the Vitiligo Society. So, maybe do you want to share some of that with our audience? Yeah, sure. So, um, so it's called the Vitiligo Society, and it's about um, Vitiligo is a, um, a skin disease that um, um, turns your your um, skin skin um, pigment cells to turn them white, and and it, there's no there's there's no cure, and it can be very distressing for people, um, and so. I mean, I have vitiligo. I, I've been a member of this society, or had been a member for, for many years, and I turned up to one of the annual general meetings, and um, before I knew it, I was their treasurer. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, and I've been a director now for, for many years. But this society's, um, its its core purpose is to um, raise awareness and provide support for sufferers of vitiligo. And, I mean, I've been able to bring my my finance skills um, to this to, to the society and help them with their accounts and their finances, um, and they're always on the lookout for for, for volunteers and, and and directors. And we're going through a 
a digital transformation um, All right. pr- program, m- much like many companies trying to move things to the cloud, um, think, um, thinking about our communications and making those all digital. Uh, and so we need all the help we can get from an expertise pers- perspective. But yes, thank you for allowing me to talk about them. Um, if anyone's interested in finding out more, they can contact me on my, on my LinkedIn um, profile and I'll point them in the right direction or I'll try to um, sign them up as volunteers. Oh, fantastic, Marco. I, 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 I would like to ask, what, what do you find is the, the most rewarding part of being involved with the society in your mind? You know, it's, 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 it's a, that's a real tough one, actually, because I'm, I'm constantly frustrated about the lack of time that I'm able to spend with them. <laughs> you know, full-time job. And <laughs> it's, it's very satisfying um, when we, we have people um, c- come to us either through our Facebook page or th- through emails and they either thank us for the support that we've given them or they say, oh, yeah, we've heard of you. And, and you know what, quite, quite often just simply existing just matters a lot because it tells people that they're not alone. So lots of, lots of people go through a very similar process with Vitiligo. They get told they have it in, in, in non-ideal circumstances, frankly. And so it's, it's very satisfying when, when people hate, you know, have that moment that they can turn to us. Yeah, that, that, it, it, um, it's, a, it, no, it's a great fit. Great feeling. I know I work on on volunteer in different different ways, but I feel they're the the most enjoyable moments. And you know, it's a good sign that we 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 sort of get frustrated that we can't necessarily find enough time to work with it and uh, and uh, help improve it um, and see the potential of it because it does add a lot of value to people. And it doesn't matter how many people. It just you know one person two people that you know it, it, that's all that matters is that people know that we're there and they're not alone so i appreciate you sharing that marco you know so let's let's maybe step it up a couple of gears um when when you're when you're supposed you're we're going through our careers or you're going through your career you must have had some various bits of advice on along the way what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received when I was at the uh, Prudential, I, I, I was lucky enough to work with a fairly senior executive and um, he was just brilliant at presenting. He was absolutely awesome. And, um, you know, one day I asked him what, 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 what was his secret? And he just, <laughs> he just went practice, practice, practice. And I know it's not really advice, but it's it really, it stuck with me because he, he was a, a guy at the top of his game and, and he didn't mind admitting that he put in the hard yards to, to, to remain at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, yeah. you know, he could have just went, you know, could have told me anything really, you know, natural talent or whatever, but he, didn't. <laughs> he was very open that, you know, before every speech, before every presentation, he practiced loads beforehand to get it right. I suppose in terms of yourself, do you find that's helped you um, in, in presentations or in other areas as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I think so. I'm, 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 sh- I'm sure there are times when you can over-prepare, right? Because yeah. you know, you know, you're always time constrained. But it's um, uh, for me, it's it's always it's always been helpful, you know, just thinking things through, stepping things through b- b- before either um, delivering a presentation or, or, or putting forward a a, po- a point of view. Um, 
it's 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 easy to to kind of live on the adrenaline, but but actually the yeah. the prep the prep does does pay off. Yeah, like if you think about like commercial finances, about having conversations around the financials. Again, I love that that's that statement. It's it's you know we're going to have to gear ourselves up for presentations, and I remember seeing a statistic somewhere that that even death came third. So presentation or fear of giving delivering presentations was actually people fright were frightened more of that than they were of dying. <laughs> so <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? So uh, so yeah, I even think there's a book on it and death came third. So yeah, so so presentations is a big thing. And I, I like if practice, practice, practice and realize that, you know, like it is all about having conversations, then you know, we should we should be okay. And and we just will get better every single time. It's just like when when some of our work gets redlined, uh, and uh, and you know we choose to learn from it. It does get better the next time. It's just part of practice, practice, practice. So um, it's a great advice, Marco. Really appreciate you sharing that. Um, if there was any sort of resources you found useful or books, um, what would you recommend to our audience? Ah, well, um, so so I've got a book in mind. It was it is written twenty years ago, which is which is probably why I. Um, I'm, I'm mentioning it now, but it's a, it's a book called The Innovator's Dilemma. Ah. So The Innovator's mm-hmm. Dilemma, When Technologies Cause Great Firms to Fail. So it's by a guy called Clayton Christensen, um, and it talks about disruptive innovation. Now, 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 20 years ago, the likes of Facebook, Google, Apple, you know, they, they weren't really anywhere. I mean, they existed maybe. I'm not even sure they did really. But, but this book talks about how successful companies can you know they can do everything right tick all the boxes but they can still um lose their market leadership um, and that's because you've got um disruptive innovation and, and new competitors um coming left field to take over the market so i just think that's a fascinating book and given when it was written it was it was hugely insightful yeah God, and with all the disruption we have now, it just feels like it's got even faster. It's probably even more relevant today than it was 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, and uh, again, um, I think we had a guest on recently, and one thing we, we should be doing better as finance is scanning the environment for those new threats uh, and our opportunities, if you want to look at it that way. And and we felt, and um, and I think that's, that's uh, I've actually never read that book all the way through, but I've I've definitely seen some of uh, Clayton Christensen's uh, YouTube videos. So definitely a guy worth checking out um, for our audience. So so thanks for sharing that, Marco. And I, I suppose in terms of should some of our audience wish to reach out to you, Marco, where's the best place to find you at? So you you got the, all my contact details are on LinkedIn. So that that's the best starting point. Okay, so so I'll put those details um, as well as sort of other resources mentioned during the show into the show notes. And uh, Marco, you know, before we wrap up, are there sort of any other messages you'd like to share with our audience? The, I guess my last key, key message, and, and I think it maybe reflects more on me than, than, than your audience, but one of the things I'm going to be trying to do is um, improve my digital IQ. Uh, it's a phrase that I've stolen from PwC. They apply it to companies, but I'm applying it to, I've taken it and I'm going to apply it to myself. Um, and one of my missions is to become more, you know, digital IQ savvy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's probably I'd encourage your audience to have a think about what their digital IQ is, whether that needs improving. And and in terms of digital IQ, like how how would they go about sort of just assessing where they are, or 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 I suppose yeah, where they are, where they could be. So so um, questions like do do you so do you understand cloud computing? Do you understand big data? 
the limitations of it and what you could do with it. Do you understand automation? Lots of hype on artificial intelligence, but what, what is a, a, an incremental step rather than you know, a magic wand step? Yeah. Um, do you understand fraud? Do you understand data protection? I think all those together you know, make, make, make up your digital IQ. I'm sure I've missed some things out, but I've, those would be some key components. No, no, definitely. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll track down what any other resources I can find on it. But great, great questions, and I like the way. Yeah, we should be thinking about this incrementally, not some sort of magic wand, or or giant leap that we can we can do easily. I think it's again, like we said earlier, even with the digital IQ, it's practice, 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 and building it up incrementally over time. So, um, to Marco, look again. Thanks for being such a great guest and sharing those insights in your journey from engineering to finance to the more commercial side. Then and uh, for donating your time and investing your time with us today on the show. So thanks again, Marco. Thank you very much, Andrew. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs, There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 